Well, welcome this evening. This is an important date in the Wolfson College uh, calendar. I'm delighted to welcome uh, Mr. Mahmoud Khan Achaksai to give the first of our Wolfson College annual Safraz lectures on a theme connected to Pakistan. I'm also very delighted to welcome our chair uh, for tonight's lecture, Owen Bennett-Jones, the well-known BBC World Service journalist, specialist in South Asia and author of many very significant pieces on the topic for the London Review of Books. Um, before I hand over to Owen to introduce the guest speaker, I want to say a word about this series, about the generous donor uh, to this lecture series and about how the lecture fits in with what we're doing here uh, at Wolfson College. The Safraz lecture is funded by Amer Safraz, who unfortunately at this moment is on the motorway somewhere coming towards us, so I hope that he will not be missing uh, the whole of, the whole of, the, the, of, of his uh, first lecture. Um, he is a graduate of LSE and Boston University's uh, School of Management. Uh, he is involved with Indus Holdings, and he's the founder of AgriVentures, which builds high-growth food and agribusiness projects in Pakistan. And we're very, very grateful to him for his generosity in funding this lecture series. We have three prestigious named lecture series already here uh, at, at Wolfson, the, uh, the Haldane Lecture in Science, the Berlin Lecture in the History of Ideas, and the Syme Lecture in Classics. And we hope that the Safraz Lecture over the years will become an equally important cultural and intellectual landmark uh, in the college's calendar. We're very much indebted uh, for setting up this series to the energy and initiative of our colleague, Professor Matthew McCartney, of the School of Interdisciplinary Area Studies and to the support of the Oxford Pakistan Society. Matthew has initiated this lecture series as part of the programme of our very active South Asia Research Cluster, which is run by our Emeritus Professor Barbara Harris-White and which has an excellent and lively term programme supported by the College of workshops and readings and visiting speakers. The aim of this cluster, which is clearly being fulfilled energetically, is to create an interdisciplinary academic environment for a wide range of subjects relating to South Asia and to establish a hub for students from South Asia working in all disciplines. The aim of the Safra's lecture in particular is to advance the academic study of Pakistan in Wolfson, in Oxford University and in the wider world. So I'm very pleased to welcome you all now, and I'd like to hand over to Owen Bennett-Jones to introduce tonight's speaker. Before I do so, can I please just issue a health warning? Please switch off your mobile phones. Thank you very much. So good evening, and it is my great pleasure to be introducing uh, Mahmoud Khan Achagzai to Oxford. The first time he tells me that he's been here, he is a very high-profile member of the National Assembly in Pakistan, very well known on the media outlets and throughout the country, and uh, not so well known in the UK. So I'm absolutely delighted that you are here and that you will be talking to us. Uh, you've been set quite a difficult essay topic, your essay topic, Pakistan is a viable and not a failed state if, and then dot, 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 dot. So there are obviously quite a few endings to that sentence, and just uh, for two or three minutes, I will uh, just mention three possible endings to that sentence. 
Uh, Pakistan is a viable and not a failed state. If only it could defeat the Taliban, is uh, a line that is quite often uh, said, maybe more in the Western media than elsewhere. Uh, We have a representative here actually from the Pakistan army who now believe that they have made significant progress in defeating the Taliban in North Waziristan. The campaign that is there has obviously made a significant difference to the situation on the ground. And in South Waziristan, which was so keenly contested, uh, I have to say from my own experience, there is now uh, aid and development work going on that makes the road network in South Waziristan better than it is in probably anywhere else in the country. So there are remarkable things going on in the tribal areas. Things definitely are changing. Uh, A second possibility, uh, Pakistan is a viable and not a failed state, if only it could have a democratic system of government. We've seen this situation where just uh, recently, 18 months ago or so, we had the first transfer of democratic power from a democratically elected government to another democratically elected government, and very sadly that process is now in jeopardy, and uh, there is clearly a major challenge to the elected prime minister from, from various parties, and we'll have to see where that goes over the next two or three years, but clearly there is a significant challenge to the democratic process, and we'll have to see whether that uh, positive, if only, will sustain itself. And uh, thirdly, of course, it is often said that if only there could be an improved relationship with India. And we've seen there that Nawaz Sharif came to power all this talk uh, with Mr Modi in India that there could be a positive development. But the truth is that with uh, the Pakistan government's inability to control the militant groups that launch, launch attacks on India, it is very unlikely that that process will lead to any kind of uh, harmony or or breakthrough over the next few years, I would think. So those are three, if only. So I'm sure you have many more. I should say, whenever I get stuck in Pakistan on my reporting trips, trying to work out what on earth is going on in the tribal areas or in Baluchistan, I can do far worse than go to the parliamentary lodges and meet you, and I get guidance on what is happening, and I'm very grateful for your advice over the years. But uh, let me introduce to you our speaker tonight, Mahmoud Khan Atshikzai. Distinguished audience, professors, scholars, academics, researchers, students, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Assalamu alaikum. It is indeed an honor of the highest level and an equally valued privilege to address this August gathering at the Wilson College, Oxford. Given the history of Oxford as a seat of learning and its particular contribution to the happenings and development at the subcontinent, indeed the whole region, allow me to say that even angels will dread to speak from this stage, especially when dozen, if not hundreds of books have been written about the issues, mainly political issues of the region. It is our true that often the output and outcome of the broad canvas projects are not the same because all ex-ante analysis have some very broad implicit assumptions that do not often hold, especially in the field of political science. Secondly, I hold and put it to you as a suggestion that 
post-World War, Cold War, between Warsaw Pact and NATO was fought where, where it was to fight, to be fought. Northwest region of the subcontinent, I mean the Pashtun, Afghan land and the Oxus, and that the role of the people of this region for present and future needs to be looked at afresh. The Pashtuns have for over the first millennium been a stabilizing force in the region and had a central role in the current topic of the day. <clears throat> to start with the subject, I'll beg your pardon. My English is not fluent. It's not beautiful. So you have to pardon me if I use not good words, by mean I couldn't pronounce it. I may use massage for message, and loin for loin. And even if I try to impress you by my literary thoughts, I may say that true in life said in war in peace. You please, true in life must be changed by your good self to Leo Tolstoy. My approach to politics. <clears throat> it would have been very better if I wouldn't very fluent and beautiful in beautiful English. I would have given my thoughts 100% to you. Or if you had been in a position to understand my language, mother tongue, Pashto, then we would have been very good. Anyhow, before coming to the topic, is a guest. Guest has some rights and obligations too. I just steal some of your time by introducing myself to you, who I am, what is my background. Fortunately and unfortunately, my ancestors were resident of Afghanistan. My direct grand-grandpa was among the nine leaders in the court of Ahmad Shah Durrani, which we call Ahmad Shah Baba. His name was Barkhurdar Khan. He was a general in his army. So we, our family, we played our role in making New Afghanistan, in consolidating it, in expanding it, and making it a mini empire. Ahmad Shah Durrani established his kingdom in 1747 at Kandahar and extended it and extended it And finally, he reached, he, he defeated the native Indian forces in the path, in the, in Panipat in 19, 1761. So this was the Ahmad Shah Durrani Empire in 1772. If you see it, Ahmad Shah Durrani had occupied 
parts of Iran, Isfahan, Tehran, and here beyond Indus, near the periphery of Delhi. Modern-day Pakistan is actually, was actually the colonies of the Afghan Empire. At this time, East India Company of my president had captured Bengal under Lord Clive. From here, our relation, English and Afghan relation, started. If you go to the historical books, that reveals that from London to East India Company, the final conclusion was that unless and until the Afghan might is not broken, we can't govern India. So unfortunately, that became the strategy of my president, and our duty was to defend our colonies and our motherland. A book written by, six-volume book, India's History by its own historians, that book says that since from 1800 till 1893, when Duran Line was drawn and the Afghan lands, which were now part of Pakistan, were drawn, the final blow to the Afghan land was given <coughs> in 1779 by the invading English armies when they entered Kandahar, occupied Kandahar and Jalalabad both. And under the Treaty of Gandamak, if I could find, under the Treaty of Gandamak, Afghan king was <coughs> obliged to surrender the last Afghan lands Khaybar, Muchini, Kurram, and on the Quetta side, on the Baluchistan side, the, yeah, on the Baluchistan side from Afghan lands, Sibri and Pashin, Pashin, my home district. Quetta was made the center of the newly occupied Pashtun lands consisting of Pashin and Sibi. Sibi. Yeah. This was 10 years before Baluchistan Agency was formed and Sandeman, Robert Sandeman was made the resident and Koita was occupied. Koita, occupation of Koita was the bone of contention between the then Afghan King Sher Ali. So the result was the Third Afghan War. Koita was made the center. Baluch, this Baluchistan agency was made the center, and Afghanistan was attacked for the third time. From 19, 1747 till this war, my family was in the forefront of Afghan armies, Afghan leadership to defend motherland. We were always in the patriotic forces. In the first Afghan war, 
Abdullah Khan Achakzai, a cousin of Burkhurdar Khan, was made the commander-in-chief of the freedom fighters. When Burns and McNaughton were there occupying Kabul, Abdullah Khan Achakzai, with his two cousins, was killed, martyred, at Bimaru. And the British occupation of Kabul was... That's a long history, and the new ambassador of Britain has written a book, The Return of the King. He has given these stories very properly. So the Lakhana checks out this, and then this war also, my family was in the patriotic front, although we defeated the forces of my president at my one but we could not retain the victory. And the patriotic forces were defeated, and a new Afghan Amir, Amir Abdurrahman Khan, was imposed with this shortage that he surrendered Afghan foreign affairs to the British Empire. And the whole watch was using Machine, yeah, this again should be Lorelei Job. This was the first Baloch area added to the. So, on 1st November 1887, the second Muslim chief commissioner province was formed in Balochistan. But ironically, English Empire, wherever occupied lands, they gave them the name of the land. British Guiana, British Somaliland, British Ireland, British this, British that. But here, ironically, why? Why they didn't give it the name British Afghanistan? They gave British Baluchistan. And Alif Kero in his book has, it might appear that the discretion in the Brawi and Baluch field is off point and has nothing to do with Patans. Baluchistan if it means anything, should be the land of the Baloch. Balochistan is a misnomer. So it was chief commissioner province, which should have been the name of British Afghanistan. So when the Duran line was drawn, my family, we were here in our homeland. So we became Indians. The first born on this side of the Duran line was my father, Abdul Samad Khan He was he was born in 1907. His brother, three, four years before, 1904, Abdul Salam Khan. So young Abdul Samad Khan and his brother, they were educated at home by scholars by, of that time. Scholars, I mean, of the theological type. So within, in 13 years of age, they both were very highly educated scholars could read and write Arabic, Persian. So they were admitted to the modern school system and they were both admitted in fourth class. Three classes, fourth class, because they were already learned people. So in four years, Abu Samad al-Shakzai passed his middle middle Education. This is British Baluchistan. The blue area is Bukti. The yellow area is from the Sirabat 
and the green area is Noshki, again a Brahvi lakh this. Noshki was taken on lease by the British Empire by 9,000 rupees per year. The yellow area was taken by, by uh, British Empire, 111,000 rupees per year in Muribukhtis. These three areas of Baloch, the entire people, 90% of this province was Pashto speaking. And this was the first Pashtun or second Muslim chief commissioner province. At this time, NWFT was not a province, adjacent to the red one, NWFT starts. NWFP was part of Punjab. It was made a chief commissioner province in 1901. And in 1935, it was upgraded to the stage of governor. So, from here, a new era of family starts. Abu Sumar Asikzai was arrested by the British Empire at the young age of 22 years. The allegations were that you are making a revolutionary party and you want to get rid of British governance. The man didn't refuse and he said that my opinion, in my opinion, we are free people. Whatever I'm doing it, I'm getting light from my own self. I will do it in constitutional and non-violent manner. And now, in this time, we want the population of our province to be upgraded to the governor and finally leave us alone. You British good people, leave us alone and leave us free. From 1929, Abdul Samad Khan struggled against British Empire with non-violent ways, with constitutional ways. He remained in jails with chains in feet and hand until 1947. He was of the view he was among the freedom fighters of British India. He struggled against Pakistan military dictators. He struggled against the hegemonic approach of the then Punjab. And finally, he was murdered on 2nd December 1973. So, I didn't really, I didn't weep. I just went to the, his bedroom, making straight, because such people must not die with cholera, must not die with fever, must not die with some disease. So he was murdered. I was a graduate, and I was 25 years old at that time. In Pakistan, when Pakistan came into being, Abdul Samad Ashakzai was straight taken to the prison. Safety Act that your presence is dangerous for the safety of the country. I was five months year old. I'm the first Pakistani born among his children. So his, his ancestors was Afghans. He was Indian. I was a Pakistani born. My name was Mahmoud. I'm his third, ch third child. I was five months old. He was in prison. And when he came out of prison, I saw him for the first time when I was seven years old boy. Mama said, 
He's Papa. Welcome, Papa. Papa remained for three months, four months, and then in the prisons, then came out in the prisons, and finally he was sentenced to 40 years imprisonment by the first mashallah government, Ayub Khan. I met him for the second time when I was a secondary school student. I was doing my secondary education. And thirdly, I met him when I was 25 years old, and he was a free man. So this is the history of our family. Now we come to Pakistan. Pakistan was carved out. Pakistan was not a country when the British came in. There were these people in 1002, one, something like this, the Pashtun Muhammad Ghauri established his kingdom in Delhi. It lasted for, till the first war between the Mughal, Babur, and Lude. And then the Mughals prevailed till the coming of the British people. And then British, when left, the position of things is this way. Pakistan, my president, who's guiding us, he really, I agree with the second viability point. Pakistan is composed of five, the, Pakistan is composed of, when it came into being, it was composed of a historical homeland of five different people. Bengalis, their language, culture, geography, the Punjabis, the Sindhis, the Baloch, and the Pashtuns. Pakistan should have been and must be a federation. A federation in which each and every people must be the masters of the resources which providence is given to them. Their languages must be respected. In this 21st century, I am not being allowed to be educated in my mother tongue. Sindhis are lucky people. They have it. The Punjabis, they are nearer to Urdu, and the Sraikis both, but Baloch and Pashtuns, we don't have. This luxury that we must have at least basic education in mother tongue, which is approved by scientific research, even if we are believers, I'm a believer, I'm a staunch believer, I'm practicing Muslim, I'm a believer. If God, the providence, has considered the importance of languages, we are believers. All we know from Abraham down to Muhammad. But if you see the four remaining books, providence, they have different languages. If the language is not important, then the language of Bible, the, the language of the book of Moses, the language of David, and the language of Quran must have been one language. No. Moses was addressing his people, the Jews, who were under slavery of the then Egypt. So a powerful, a very, very, very renowned prophet, messenger, was brought in to inspect people from slaveries. So to get rid of slavery is the command, is the duty of each and every person. 
you must follow it. So the languages are banned there. Pashtuns in Fata, in our mountains, they fought violently, violently, at each and every nook and corner, from Bajor to South Uzbekistan, from Swat to, I don't know which and which, but when the political parties came in, Anjumani Watan party was formed by Muslimat Khan Chikzai in British Baluchistan with this character. It was anti-feudal, anti-imperialist, and democratic, with liberal approach to life. This was their program. And down the states, Kalat, Kharan, Makran, Masbela, Nushki, here, Mir Abdulaziz Khan, Kurt, Aziz Maxi, Mir Ghazwaksh Pazinjo, Gulhan Nasir, Prince Karima Ghazhan, they formed their own party. The, both the parties in the upper Pashtun Baluchistan and the lockdown Baluch parties was to get reforms and to get their control, local control of, on the governance and finally to get rid of the British colonialists or you may say imperialists are the, who were the governing them. The same thing went in throughout India. And we must not mind it. No, no single person, whether he was from right, left, center, whether he was Hindu, Sikh, Christian, Muslim, whatever they were, nobody asked for the division of India. All said that India is a single body and the English power has come in so they must leave us alone and we should be a free country. Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of our country, he remained for a long time in all Indian English Congress, along with other Muslim stalwarts, Wulkala Mazad, Dr. the President, Dr. Zakir Hussain, and the Jawaharlal Nehru, Gandhiji, Patel, and other people, Jamiti Ulumahin, the clergy, we, the party of which we have the remnants in the shape of Mawlana Fazul Rahman. They are Jumat Islami. Now they say, Pakistan ka matlab kya la ilaha illallah. Yes. But how you say it? You were opposing the creation of a separate country, Pakistan. We are one. Not in, in this sense that we were today. I just came in, I just when I was making my haircut, the proprietor of the shop was a South, not South, North African Hindu. And his two colleagues, one was Imran from Lahore, one was Mazhar from Kashmir. They were doing well in the same shop, doing well and joking each other. So I'm not insisting that what is done. One thing is clear, one thing is clear, that India remained united under the Afghans, remained united under the Mughals, remained united under British Empire. Our political lot, our political lot on both sides, whether they were Hindus, Sikhs, Muslims, they failed. They failed. My opinion about Pakistan is, this is my honest opinion, I have said it in the parliament of Pakistan, Muhammad Ali Jinnah 
till Cripps mission, till cabinet mission, tried his level best for getting constitutional guarantees for the Muslims of India. In my opinion, Congress imposed Pakistan on Muhammad Ali Jinnah and his, his, his associates. Allama Iqbal, the poet, in his lyrics, I'm not taking some negative sense. In his lyrics, he's a good poet. In his lyrics, he, we call it Tarana, Tarana Anthem, this anthem. He wrote an anthem for India. And the, this was Sare Jahan Se Acha, Hindustan Hamara. Our, our India is better than the entire world. This was the anthem written by Muhammad Iqbal, our poet of Sialkot. So when this was imposed over to this, I'm sorry, you will be giving me command, my time is over or not. Sorry, just... Uh, mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali Jinnah's speech. Just, yeah. Yeah. They say the ideology of Pakistan. I'm not against it. If you want to make it a state of pure, on the constitution of Pakistan, we have written Islamic Republic of Pakistan. If we take all these three words, Neither our country is Islamic, neither it is of pure people, Pakistan means Pak people, neither it is Islamic, neither Pak, nor a democratic state. Yes, if you, we have buried it, why? Why you didn't bring good laws, Islamic laws? In, after 67 long years, the woman of Pakistan, whether it be the daughter of a nirisilist, if it be the daughter of a landlord, if it be the daughter of a Baluch Nawab, if it be the daughter of Pashtun Khan, they are not being given their, their, their Islamic rights. Islam orders to give two sisters are equal to one brother. If you have industry, so inheritance must go this way. 50% must go to two daughters, and 50% must go to a son. Still, still, our ladies in Lahore, in Islamabad, and this, and this, everywhere. They are this. I'm sorry. I just, this is the first speech. I will leave it here to be copied and given to you. The first speech of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of the country. I'll take a few minutes of you. Ladies and gentlemen, I kindly thank you with the utmost sincerity for the honor you have conferred upon me, the greatest honor that it is possible for this sovereign assembly to confirm by electing me as your first president. I also thank you, those leaders who have spoken in appreciation of my services and their personal references to me. I sincerely hope that with your support, and your cooperation, we shall make this Constituent Assembly an example to the world. The Constituent Assembly has got two main functions to perform. 
The first is the very onerous and responsible task of framing our future constitution of Pakistan. And second, functioning as a full, complete, sovereign body in the federal legislature of Pakistan. Then, on speech, they say, the first and the foremost thing I would like to emphasize in this, remember you now a sovereign legislative body, and you have got all the powers. It therefore places on you the gravest responsibility as to how you should take your decisions. The first observation that I would like to make it is this. You will no doubt argue with me that the first duty of the government is to maintain law and order so that the life, property, and religious belief of the subjects are fully protected by the state. These are, if we go through it, I will leave it to Rafiullah Khan to copy it, and we will all go through it. In this a liberal Pakistan, the first duty, I am not saying, you are not saying, the father of the nation is saying that this, this constituent assembly must be made an example for, for the world. It must do this, it must do this, it must frame a constitution. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, nothing, nothing which was uttered by the father of the nation was obeyed by the then vested interest of the then Punjab. In, for, in the Lahore resolution, we were opting for a confederation of India with powers to various groups. And when we came to our own country, the Bengalis, the Pashtuns, the Sindhis, and everything, everybody was. The, 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 the worst thing was that all the political lot of the country was rejected with red mark. Your crime is that why you were not supporting Pakistan. Pakistan was a political entity. It was to be run, it was to be run by political people. So all the people who were die hardened or hardened political freedom fighters, they were just pushed aside and Pakistan, a political entity, was handed over to non-political people, just to him, who just said, I'm with you. That damaged the very foundations of the country. And their commitment with Muslim League was this, that when the Punjabi military, its civil bureaucracy, its judiciary, not now judiciary, the that time judiciary, imposed every sort of undemocratic pressure on the population and on this, and banned the languages of Bengalis, Balochis, Pashtuns. The Bengalis were in revolt. Students got up in 1952. But how, how Urdu is being the, the language of three-person people? How you are imposing it on, on us? So students were killed, and from that day, I think, the seeds of separation of Bengal were swung in. I'm not trying to waste your time. Pakistan remained unconstitutional. And the entire political lot, political lot I mean the people, I just summoned Azad Pakistan Party from Punjab, Miyaf Tharuddin, Mahmood Ali Kasuri, 
evocative people. They were out. Sindh Mahaz, GM Sayyid, and Sheikh Abdul Majid Sindhi. Sindh Hari Committee, Haider Bakhsh Jatoui, Abdul Samad Khan Sikhzai's World Pashtun Party, Usman Gil of Ghost Bakhsh Bizinjo, and others. Khudai Khid Madgar of Khan Abdul Ghafar Khan, Dr. Abdul Jabbar Khan, Rakhistan Sahib. Gana Til Dal of Haji Muhammad Danish of East Pakistan, Awamilik Mulana Abdul Hamid Khan Bashani. They were the political people who had fought for freedom, who went to very, 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 I mean, hardships. They were all kept in jail. Pakistan was left without a constitution, and a constitution was given to them when it is a seat of learning. Mathematics, two is equal to two. But a new mathematical formula was imposed on Bengalis. And with this, yes, if you, if you agree to this equation, equation was 54 is equal to 46. 54 percent of population was from Bengal. 54 is equal to 46. If you agree to disparity, yes, along with Urdu, Bengali will be a national language. So one unit was formed, NWFP, Punjab, Sindh, British Baluchistan, Bahawalpur states, they were all merged in one province, and this was made West Pakistan province. And the person, the elder brother of Khandul Ghafar Khan, who was personal non grata in 1947, his assembly was with the with the signatures of the father of the nation was dissolved, elected assembly. That person in Grata, when he agreed that yes, I will support this system, this new mathematical formula, 54 is equal to 46, the same person in Grata was made the chief minister of West Pakistan. The same person, and his condition was no, I'm not going to join Muslim League. What happened? The entire Muslim League, within a night, they just converted to his party. A new party was formed, a Republican Party. This was the commitment of, with ideologies with the country. The Republican Party was formed, and when this job was done, after two years, Dr. Khan was stabbed by some Patwari Kanungo, three, four, six, I don't know, Dragger or something like that. The man was dead. These people came out with full power, which I repeated again. All democratic, anti-imperialist, and anti-feudal people, they all came together against this system and made their own single party. It was national party. And when Abdul Hamid Khan Bachani joined it, it was National Awam Party. Its slogans were, Pakistan must be a federation. There must be one man, one vote for everybody. There should be no discrimination between sexes. And Pakistan must remain non-aligned between Russia and America. And Pakistan must leave CETO in central. Elections were scheduled to be in 58. And there were chances that this party was going to win over in East Pakistan and West Pakistan with their very democratic, liberal, and a very secular approach. So the first ever 
Mashallah was imposed by General Ayub Khan just to stop the democratic people to make Pakistan a viable democracy and give it a proper place in the community of nations. Abdul Sulu Khan al-Sheikhzai, Abdul Ghaffar Khan, and Abdul Nif Khan Bashani were the first victim of the Mashallah government and they were sentenced 14 years rigorous imprisonment just for educating peace, peace educating non-alignment, educating democracy, educating federals, federation for the country. Bashani got out of jail. I don't know how. Abdul Ghaffar Khan came here for treatment and then self-imposed, what do we call it, went to Kabul. Abdul Samad Khan spent the entire 10 years in the prison of Ayub Khan. He was freed in 68 and he, when he came as a habitual addict, like addict people, habitual addict, he gave his first speech in the airport of Quetta for democracy, for federation, for non-alignment and this. Within 20 days, he was again arrested. Within 20 days, I couldn't meet him. I was studying in, was in my first year examination of engineering in Peshawar. So I didn't meet him. When I, when I finished, I, I met him in this. So, Pakistan, I kept come back here. Then second, the first martial law went over. Crisis was developed. COD, COD was formed, DEC, sorry, Democratic Action Committee was formed, left, right oriented in central parties. Ayub Khan was bound to Zulfikar Libuto, his foreign <coughs> minister, who used to call him daddy, had differences with him on Tashkent agreement. He formed his political people's party and Ayub Khan was bound to leave and handed over his power to the next general, Yahya Khan. Yahya Khan announced that this member of one unit, this party, National Party's manifesto was that we will form five, four, four federating units on the basis of language, history, and geography. Pashtuns must have one unit, Baluch, natural unit, Sindhi, Saraiki, and Bengal. One unit was dismembered, but the Pashtun unit was not permitted to revive in this 21st century. The Pashtuns of Pakistan have got no single provincial assembly. I, as a member, I must sit with the Baluch brothers in Baluchistan and a person from thank you. A lot of time. So, i make it short. Second, mashallah came in. Pakistan was dismembered. Bhutto became the first civil administrator. He dealt Pakistan very hardly with no, I mean, what we say it. So, his elections, when he constitution was given, 1973, yes, this was the positive point, 1973, but 1977, his elections were ripped. I'm confessing here for the first time. I have not confessed it anywhere, just that I didn't want to, that democracy be damaged. I was 
a candidate for the constituency of National Assembly, bordering Afghanistan, which is my home district. Yahya Bakhtiar was the candidate of PPP. On 6 March, I met Mr. Minallah. This is my first confession, formal confession, because it is a very seat of democracy, seat of wisdom, mellowed wisdom, seat of learning. I met him. Seventh was the general elections. He told me, yeah, Mahmoud, your father was my friend. I was too young. I'm not old now, but I'm not young. At <laughs> that time I was too young. Mahmoud, your father was my friend. You are my friend. There are straining orders from Islamabad that Yahya must return. I said, well and good. You try your job. Do it, but be careful. Don't interfere on polling stations. Otherwise, you have to kill people. Elections were made. Formal papers, results given to us. I got 25,300 votes. An independent candidate got 8,800 votes. Yahya Bakhtiar got 804,000 votes and he was declared victorious. I didn't, I reported to the election commission, but when the marshal of Ziaullah came, I came back and I left it. I was sure that Yahya Bakhtiar being educated here, Baritla, in understanding the meaning of democracy, would, would refuse, but he did not. He remained there, and the same case is 45 pages in a white paper against Bhutto by Ziaulak. Ziaulak, second mashallah, came with very, came very hard in it on Sindhi's lashes. Even the angry premier and two young students also. We supported Sindhi's in a procession on 7th October 1983. We were fired upon. Our slogan was, "Down with mashallah." Long live democracy, long live Islam. I was leading the procession. We were fired upon, and four of our young comrades, among them one student, were killed. Eleven got injuries there, and some 70 got downstairs. I was declared to be the cause of this mess. My party said, no, we are not going to the prison. So I defied, I went away underground, and I'm thankful to Ziaul Haq that I got married. I got married when I was hiding. I got married, and I got two sons and one daughter. Six long years, I was a wounded man, rooming here and there, when Ziaul Haq was in the air. I'm going to have to uh, we, I'm only intervene because yes. we have we have dinner uh, coming up, and I know that uh, yes, that there, there are guests arriving in the next few minutes. Yes. So maybe I could just please say thank you very very much indeed for coping with a situation which takes you from from uh, these big uh, big national themes to.
Baluch and Pashtun language rights from the very broad to the very, very specific. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, we have Matthew McCartney who's just going to say a brief word uh, of thanks and thank, thank you, you very much indeed, sir. I'll, I'll just take my book. Right? There we are. So. so if you could just... There we are. Uh, Is there any? Thank you. Okay, uh, President, uh, Mr. Chakzai, um, I think my Lord, ladies and gentlemen, um, I've been asked to uh, propose uh, a motion of, a brief motion of thanks. Um, first to our President of Wilson, who has been so personally um, involved in supporting this lecture and also made this other talk and also made much wider efforts at promoting Pakistan studies in Wolfson and Oxford. And then particularly in Wolfson, I'd like to thank um, Bill and his colleague in the Development Office, um, Cathy, uh, Barbara Harris-White, who leads our South Asia Research Cluster, and I think especially over the last few uh, days, Juliet in um, the office, who I think has acquired a new job. This has become quite a full-time profession um, organising this talk. Um, a big thanks to our late arrival, but no less welcome, Amer Zafraz, who um, his generosity and very personal commitment to education has made this occasion possible, and fingers crossed it will continue over the next few years, so big thank you, Amer. Um, huge, huge thanks to, um, sort of very personal thanks to the Pakistan Society of Oxford, and in particular Faraz. Um, Adnan and Rafi, who invested a huge amount of time and effort in Pakistan and in Oxford, and have made a very, very personal commitment to making a success of this lecture. So, very personal thank you to you three. Um, when we first started thinking about this lecture, our guiding philosophy was that, yes, Pakistan may have some very serious problems, but Pakistan is not exclusively uh, defined by those problems, however much we may get that impression from looking at the newspaper and the television. Pakistan is a country, is a land rich in history, art, literature, politics, debate and innovation, and from my personal experience, full of wonderful and very hospitable people. So the point of this lecture series was to raise the profile of Pakistan and help enrich people's understanding of Pakistan. So a final and Biggest thanks of all to Mr. Atrek Zai, um, who's made such an impressive and convincing, kind of wonderfully wide-ranging and also very, very personal um, contribution to this aspiration. Um, so from Wolfson and Oxford University, a huge thanks, Mr. Atrek Zai. And looking forward, we hope this will be the first of what will become an even more prestigious annual series of lectures on Pakistan. So... Thank you.